Hey Pride fam, get ready for another episode of Pride the Podcast. Featuring special guest artist David Boyd and senior editor at The Advocate, Daniel Reynolds. So grab you a hump day treat and take a little time to hang with Pride. Welcome everybody back to another episode of Pride the Podcast brought to you by our friends at Rehab Entertainment. I'm Darrell Anthony. I'm Ashley Mitchell. I'm Adam Andrew Rios. And I'm Mr. Brayden Bradley. Yes, so we're so excited to be here with you today on another Wednesday. I hope you all are out there being safe and healthy. Corona is getting into its second wind. How's everyone here doing so far, Ashley? Um, doing okay, doing okay. Um... Our friend Ashley just had her 30th birthday on Friday. Wow. Shout out. Happy birthday. So we, I had a bunch of our like mutual friends over, which is girls we used to work with. So it was like a blast from the past this weekend. For all of you out there that don't know, Ashley Mitchell actually specializes in making your holiday parties, your birthday parties. She <laughs> runs know. basically an event company. So hit her up on AshleyAaronMitch at gmail.com. Is that right? Or is it Ashley Aaron M? Ash oh. Aaron Mitchell. Perfect. She'll take care of all your needs. <laughs> wow. Someone came to work today okay. Adam and throw me a little coin girl something <laughs> speaking something. of coins Adam talk to us about how coins are going for you I know you're starting back to work soon how are you excited about that yeah finally I can uh, announce that news that uh, Eden will be opening in a new location in ba, Bush, ba, ba, ba. in Bushwick I don't um, it's at the box factory it's this mm-hmm. gorgeous like space like event space there and uh, in the heart of Bushwick. So if you live there, or you know anybody, you want to come down and see me. We are planning like a soft opening around um, September 8th. So it's like, we'll be opening, but we're going to still be like, you know, in the process of getting everything together. Yeah, um, yeah, a party. We should. We, we should. love a party. Tell but me like, man. it'll have to be like, what, 30 people or some shit? What is well, that? Oh, 50 that's right, right now. Oh, that's, that's still a party. That is a party. Yeah. Speaking of other parties that might annoy Brayden, Adam's <laughs> birthday is coming up. Adam, would you like to tell our listeners about your party that's going to be happening? Oh. Right after this break. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, you know, I think we mentioned it before. We're going to the Catskills. Yes. I'm so excited oh, can't wait. to be in nature and mm-hmm. get away. Maybe we can give some quips for our listeners once we get there, some things you can hear, but I'm sure it will be not appropriate for you guys. It won't be. And how about you, Brayden? Well, my week was good. I've been looking forward to chatting with artist Davey Boy and senior editor of The Advocate magazine, Daniel Reynolds, Mm -hmm. because they're like story, both of them, their stories, their hustle, Mm -hmm. um, how they've built their empires that they both have is really inspiring. So can't wait for that. Otherwise, I've just been working and chilling and doing my thing. Same old, same old. Same old, same old. Mm -hmm. I mean, well, we all are really excited because today they announced that uh, Kamala Harris will be the vice president on the ticket they with sure Joe did. Biden. So we're super excited about that. We're, we hope that there's change. Do you think that was the right choice? And I ask that not as 
not in disagreement, just curious. Do you think that was the right choice? I definitely think that was the smartest choice, yes. Like, people Mm -hmm. have been saying you need to have a black woman VP. Mm -hmm. Like, we have to diversify. We have to make sure that people feel like their voices are going to be heard. And I think she is definitely the woman to provide that comfort and and hope Mm -hmm. that, that we can do better and Oh God! If 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 it works out, it's gonna be good. I think. Even over, I think his short <clears throat> list also included like Stacey Abrams, Susan Rice. Mayor Bottoms, mm-hmm. Susan Rice, Elizabeth mm-hmm. Warren. Even you think Kamala was the best choice out of all of them? I think so. I think that it also was a very interesting choice for him in the aspect that when they debated together on the Democratic primaries, um, she came against him and she spoke about how he wasn't there for her and she was a little girl on the bus that was, you know, left behind. She spoke about that. So I think it's interesting that this is the one time that they did not let politics or any debates that they have play into his decision. He went out there and he said, this is the best person for the job. This is the person who is it's gonna bring in votes and i have already seen on twitter a lot of people are like team kamala Mm -hmm. a lot of people are even more team joe and i feel like that they both can bring people who might be in the more moderate middle Mm -hmm. two together so that's a great point and i just watched essie cup who is a cnn commentator she has her own show on hln which is owned by cnn whatever she is a (laughs) uh moderate just like Meghan McCain. And she said, look, I'm not, she didn't vote for Trump. She was like, I'm not going to say that I'm voting for Biden until he picks his VP, um, the VP ticket. Mm -hmm. And she said, as a moderate, I think that he should pick Kamala Mm -hmm. because of X, Y, Z, blah, 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 Mm -hmm, blah. mm -hmm. And that, to your point, Darrell, makes me more comfortable with winning the moderate vote for those mm-hmm. that didn't vote for Hillary in 20, 2016 that went to Trump. Like, I think because Biden picked Kamala, we can win those votes back, if not more. Mm-hmm. Well, I think the world is going to be more energized to go out and vote. I think that that's the most important thing that people... If we can know. vote by mail. Hopefully. <laughs> but, you know, people should get out there and they should vote. Um, anybody that's trying to stop you from doing, you know, your constitutional right to vote, you know, people fought so hard to vote from women to people of color um, to people who fought for their right to be a citizen of this great country like we have to get out there and vote and we have to be the people mm-hmm. to see the change in it so and it's not and it doesn't stop at president and and all of that it also goes down to your mayor your local officials mm-hmm. the you more wa- important council right you want the people that are out there to fight for you so I can't wait to talk about this with Davy Boy and Daniel Reynolds coming right up so we'll be right back Hello and welcome back. back. We are so excited to have artist David Boy on the podcast today. (laughs) Hello, Davey. Hi. Hi. Hi, how are you guys? Doing good. It's hot. It's so hot. I am doing good, yes. It is not as hot in LA, but I'm doing good, yes. Oh, so you're you're in LA. How how warm is it in LA these days? Uh, it has been trending towards like 90, 80, but today it's pretty good. <laughs> yeah. yes. uh, I miss the West Coast weather. I know. Well, no, at least you, do you have a pool close by where you can at least get in the pool when you want to? Yeah, friends downtown, stuff like that. Or the beach. There's always that, which is a short drive. 
That's good. Only the beach. All we have is a bathtub. Maybe, barely. Sometimes not even that. Oh my god. She get one of those pity pools. As a dirty Hudson. I actually swam in the Hudson once. Yeah, you did. There's actually a service that you can um, use here that you can actually rent hot, like pools at rich people's homes to use <gasps> for like two hours at a time. Um, oh. So a lot of the LA people do that. Oh, wow. I do not. I would do that. that. I would, I would do that. <laughs> I'm actually going to do that when I come back to LA. Yeah, right. now yes. let's look into a New York thing. Yeah. I think it's that's called Swimly or something, but yeah, it's definitely a Swimly. thing. Me and my friends have been doing it. Yeah. I'm about to write that down. Tell production to write that down. Right, right, right. So so Davey, obviously you're um an LGBTQ artist. Um, so I'm curious, like when did you get that calling? Not to be LGBTQ, but when did you get <laughs> the calling <laughs> um or that to to like become this this artist and share your your music and your lyrics with the world? Uh, well, I've always wanted to be an artist of some form or fashion. I have been doing art since I was like seven. Um, I started writing songs when I was like really little that around that age. So it's always been like a thing that I had a passion for. Um, and then after that, my mom put me in arts programs from like kindergarten through high school. So I professionally really did want to do it. I went to a performing arts high school. Um, same performing arts high school as like Kehlani and like other like singers who are out there doing it big now. Okay. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I've always wanted to do art. And then uh, in college, I took a turn. I wanted to like maybe do business instead, just so I had like a sort of like a background in something in case, you know, the art thing is, it, you, it may or may not pan out depending. So I wanted to have like a back plan, but I decided like maybe uh, 2017, one of my friends, I was working as an intern at A&R for a music company here in Los Angeles. And they were like, well, you're so good yourself. Why don't you uh, do art again? And I was like, well, maybe, but like, I'm like at my desk and like doing my thing. Um, so then I was like, yeah, sure. I want to put out music again. So um, I started up the music machine again. And then I put out my first official release as a part of this new project, uh, the Davy Boy project um, in 2019. Okay. So you make it sound so easy. Like I'll just start up the music machine <laughs> um, and then release like a single. But like, what does that really entail? Like for the listeners out there, you don't just like call it, you have like, your music machine just in the corner of your room. Like what does that like really mean in terms of making yourself You're, like getting started? Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, so when I went to business school, it was like a music conservatory program at Berkeley, but it's like the music business side of the business. So I guess I kind of wanted a background in that. But when I say that, I literally mean, so I come from like the digital marketing side of a recording company, or at least that's what I was doing at the time. So for me, when I said I'm gonna turn up music machine, it literally means like, um, I was training to be a product manager, meaning like there's an artist and then our products are the new singles, the video, the photo shoot and then they coordinate that. So I was training to do that job. So essentially it just took this shift for me of like, I'm gonna just product manage my own career. Right, um, right. And then I just turned on the machine myself and I was literally bouncing back from like boardroom in the daytime to like at night I was like taking the pages home of the notes for other artists and like just literally copying it. <laughs> 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 
Um, which panned out because like after a couple of months of like doing that, like I started getting traction and press and like streams and all that stuff. So that, but in terms of like just being an artist, I think a lot of artists are doing that whether they went to school for it business-wise or not, because I think you kind of have to now. There are so many artists who are doing so many releases, so many drops, whether it's on SoundCloud or whether it's on a YouTube fame or TikTok fame or whatever artists are popping off. Like independent or DIY artists are sort of just figuring out how to reach their fans, which is the most important thing. And then you think right. hopefully the press comes along, hopefully... Um, one of these people in the dark rooms at Spotify or Apple put you on a playlist, uh, something like that. But um, yeah, essentially, like, you kind of have to be your own product manager as an artist. And so that's kind of what I did. And I or organized photo shoots, the videos, all that stuff, you know, the branding. Because so much now of being an artist is not only just the music, it's also um, the aesthetic and your visuals and your presence, just how you, people relate to you. Absolutely. Yeah. Like that's, I think like the biggest thing nowadays is like, how do you sell yourself? Mm -hmm. Can you sell yourself? Mm. And like, um, but speaking of, um, uh, what was the spot? Not Spotify. Um, Sound, uh, no, SoundCloud. Sorry. Oh. I just listened to your latest track, which is a bop. Yeah. yeah. So I want to know like so who inspires you? Like what artists or like anyone in your family or anything like that? Uh, a lot of artists inspire me. I like that question sometimes. Sometimes I'm like, oh no, I have so many different artists that inspire me, so I don't know who to choose. Uh, I think right now, I've been really into like, I will say certain playlists, honestly. I think um, like Lorem on Spotify or like the alternative playlist on yeah, alternative R&B <laughs> on, on uh, Apple Music. I think for me, like the genre-less kind of artists are kind of where I'm being more attracted to. Like there's like Joji or like you think like um, there's like even bigger artists who are doing so sort of genre. Like Travis Scott even does genre bending stuff here and there. And I'm like yeah, inspired yeah, by that. Um, my former producer, or not former producer, he's still a producer, but he just is so busy now, but he works for like Kanye and like Selena Gomez and all these people now. It's like a okay. string arranger. Um, but he sort of started to like make his project more organic to who he was as a person. So I've been more inspired to like pull in influences from multitude of artists. And so I think I'm drawing on like a bunch of that, but also pulling on uh, my own background as an artist too. Awesome. Cool, love that. Um, I was curious to know, um, first of all, being LGBT um, and being black and being albino, mm. how has that been for you in this industry? I'm sure you've unfortunately faced struggles. Yeah. Do you have any stories of struggles that you could share with us and our listeners and how you've overcome them? Yeah, like I've had this question a lot and I answer it different ways. I know for me personally, like, um, I I had an identity crisis issues growing up, not really knowing ever when or how to like fit into a particular situation. Um, I went to school first for musical theater before I transferred over to just doing music. And the impetus or the reason why I did that was because I have like a, tra a classically trained vocal instrument. But like, if you think like back in like 2013, when I was thinking about what to do in terms of like schooling and career, it was like, I could have like a, the voice of a leading actor in a show, but the a director at Carnegie Mellon was just like, you sound incredible. Like you sound like you could be anybody, any leading man on Broadway, but 
your look as unique as it is might not fit into a particular character type or trope so just right Maybe. then i thought that my broadway career was like dead in the water mm. and um that is yeah but it's like one of those things where i thought I think now to be a little bit different because now somebody would probably find something for me. But it, I even had auditioned for Glee years ago. And um, the same thing, the casting people over at Glee and then Ryan Murphy thought I was also incredible. But there was this question like what I would do. And of course they were creating roles for people, but like at the time they were looking for a specific boyfriend type. But yeah. could I have done that with my current look at the time? So, I mean, now it's a lot different, I think. And now that's why I think I've even had more traction in recent years, the last couple of years. I think people have like completely changed their idea of what they could do in terms of casting me or something. But at the time when I was deciding, it was like a lot of like, you're so great, but what do we do with you? So that was a big hassle. Wow. So that's what made me decide to go to school for business because I thought if I can't do it for myself, I can certainly do it for somebody else on the business end um, because oh, I have absolutely. the talent for it, but yeah. maybe they won't accept me. And then it was, um, I think it was Fra a combination of Frank Ocean openly coming out as queer yeah. um, summer of 2012. And then I saw um, Sean Ross's career popping off on that side and then appearing in like party with, uh, Beyonce or Katy Perry's uh, huge video for E.T. And I thought like there was a shift in my brain where I was like, maybe times are shifting enough for me to be able to mm -hmm. do something. And then I saw Troy Sivan, who was from the UK, mm -hmm. a white artist, certainly, but still an artist making a push to be like a major pop act as being a queer artist. So yeah. the intersection yeah. of all three of those brands or uh, people deciding to do that made me think, okay, maybe I can make a second go at it. Um, and that's what made me think, I'll try it again. Um, but the roadblocks have always to me been like, you're great, but what do we do with you? Yeah. Um, but sucks. now I will say it's a little bit of a shift because now it's been more, I, people identify me as potentially a model. I did an interview with one major publication and they were so lovely, but they were like, your aesthetic is so great. Um, and they kind of like overlooked my music because they thought that like I just had a great brand visually. So wow, um, it's crazy how that shifts. <laughs> no, yeah, it now it swing it swung both ways. And then one guy literally said to me like, "Oh, your music is your music is fine, but like, wow, we love your look." And I'm like, "Okay, well, what is the rest of the interview?" But yeah. <laughs> Um, it that. does shift a little bit. So, and I'm ha but, but I'm grateful for that because I'm happy that now people can see me as not just like an other, but an actual mm -hmm. like thing that people can identify with or a person wow. somebody can identify with. For sure. I love that. So kind of going back to your music, uh, Do Myself Better is such a powerful title. Um, to me, honestly, it means doing yourself better, especially in this environment we're in right now. What made you think of a name for such a great track, especially with everything that's going on in the world right now? Yeah, I think the, so the title, we were in a session and we we're trying to figure out what the song should be called. Oftentimes as a songwriter, I'm like old school in the sense that I like, I, I love old school pop records. And I think the title should just be in the track, like, and it should mm -hmm. be the chorus. It should be like the main thing that you're doing. So mm -hmm. we thought out what would be a good what would be a good thing for people to relate to and say to themselves 
And I thought like, you know, I want to be taking better care of myself. I want to be treating myself better. I want to be, but then we thought of like a more assertive way of saying it was like, I can definitely be actively doing myself better. And so we just took off the ing and said, do myself Mm. better, (laughs) which is, um, I think, yeah, it is. I think it is relatable to the time because either both ways, I think sometimes people are judging themselves now for not having the access to like be doing a better job because there's so much in terms of like people being unemployed or people not having the same, the same, you know, opportunities that they used to have. And there's a lot of pressure to like do things that maybe you can't even have access to doing right now. But then there's also a small, a small changes you can make in your own, whether it's a mentality or, um, just the way you the way you talk to yourself that you could be doing yourself better um and that's i thought was relatable enough to make into a song title i loved it and i related to it and when you were talking about i you know fixing my skin (laughs) it's absolutely true because in the beginning of this thing we were like oh it'll be like two or three weeks no big deal (laughs) Yeah. And then it's here we are, like two. four months later. Here we are, <laughs> but along, along that time, we were like, let's start. Like we started doing face masks, uh-huh. more doing face scrubs. Let's I was doing know. natural hair products. You know, now, yes. I, I wish we could get on the the diet part of that. <laughs> you know, so, you know, in due time, in due time, small steps, small steps, baby steps. Are step. you gonna write another song to follow up with that? Saying like I'm bored as fuck now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there is. Yeah, there is. <laughs> <laughs> so, wow, I love that. Like, um, I there, it all. Yeah. <laughs> there, there is a, a follow-up EP in which one of the songs that I'm writing for the EP that's coming out, either like fall or early winter, is definitely about that. One of them is about going back to bed because I oftentimes feel like sometimes I just want to like I'm done. Like that. <laughs> it'll be. It's 2 p.m. and I'm like, I'm done already. So. Yeah, exactly. that literally happened today. Yeah. I'll eat lunch and be like, oh, I'm gonna take a nap. Right, yeah, yeah. as well. We wake up to eat and we go back because I feel like we're stuck in this clock where we keep doing yeah. like, like, like Groundhog Day. We're doing the same thing over and over again. It's, it's really crazy. Yeah. yeah, we were still doing the clockwork pre-pandemic, at least I was. Yeah. Like the nine to five and the coffee yeah. shop and the lunch. Right, break, right, right. And right. The blah, blah, blah. We're just all hamsters anyway. So <laughs> if you name your next song Hamsters, I need like a featured guest appearance. Okay. <laughs> well, the, the thing I love also, <laughs> the thing I loved also about your music, just to tell you, like, I was like, I wish I could be, it made me miss the streets, to be honest. I <laughs> wish I was at the club and lounges so I can hear it. Um, <laughs> yeah. Do you feel like that that's also impacted, like, where your song can be out there in those places? Um, yeah, I definitely think so. I think a lot of friends of mine have talked about this. For instance, like, if you follow, well, you all probably do, but, like, Lady Gaga's whole, like, pushing back Chromatica and then deciding to drop it. I think, like, if you're an act that likes dance music or, like, your music will do, even, like, Dua Lipa's project, I think could could have gotten more hype but didn't get as much Chloe and Hallie. Yeah, like, oh, I know, Chloe and Hallie. But I've been, I've been low-key jamming to that, like, all Oh, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. But so many artists who do music that you could definitely hear in the club. It's a shame that you don't get to either be at a festival and hear that played or mm-hmm. be just dancing to it at a club because there's music, music that does well there. However, there's a whole sort of like, I won't call it underground of like Zoom events and like Zoom parties mm-hmm. of like DJs who are doing stuff 
on there, which is kind of cool. But yeah, I do miss the idea of somebody in WeHo like putting my track on in a club or something because that would be <laughs> ideal. Yeah. Oh dear. <laughs> One day. Well, how do, however, how do, I can't imagine it right now, honestly. I, uh, right. I'm, I've, I've been comfortably inside of my apartment for months. And the idea of me going out to like a nightclub is kind of terrifying at this point. So No, 100. I had to take the subway for the first time today uh, for some work stuff. Mm -hmm. And while it was like, you know, everyone kept their distance and stuff. It's still the same old shenanigans. Some things never change. Yeah. Some, somebody there's, was flipping on the poles. There's and, a crackhead on the corner. You know. Like, <laughs> you know what's sad There's a lot though, of anxiety. What's yeah. sad though is, is everyone's trying to push, not to get too political, but here I go. Everyone's <laughs> trying to push like all the schools to reopen. And oh, yeah. for what? So, so little kids can die? Yeah. Um, I guess that's that's what's most important. Anyway. I mean, Welcome to the show. This is how we do it. <laughs> no, it just it just gets under my I just anyway, we'll chat. Anyways, about it. let's I shift gears. Yeah. <laughs> Shifting gears. So you just started a podcast as well, named yes. after your your newest yes, track, yes, Myself yes. Better. So tell us how you were inspired to start a podcast and how that all came about. And when can we be on it? Yeah, <laughs> I know. Well, let's just like flip it around and you just appear on my show. Okay. But, um, yes. The the podcast had I can't that that idea came to me because I thought you know I had a friend. He, his name is John Ollie and he does like a play. We know movie. him. Oh yeah. Okay. Yes. Yeah, so he's John Ali. Yeah. 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 He did like a playlist where he was featuring lots of like queer artists, and we became friends over the course mm -hmm. of like of the time like I was featured on there over the last year or so. So. Um, he was just like, your personality is so relatable slash great that no one really knows because I'm very, I don't really, honestly, I don't, I don't like social media. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm not the kind, I mean, I'm like growing into the like awareness of like doing it as like a brand, but you have to, okay. I, I would much rather like be in my <laughs> house, like minding my own business, but um he was like people should like see you or hear you or whatever so i did a, a show with uh, interview with him and then we talked more about it and i was like you know the song i think is like people will get it if they're like me and they have the same kind of emotions and feelings so i thought i want to talk to people about that stuff maybe that would be one way for people to get some insight into both how i was feeling but also hear from other people who were going through the same things but in different ways so um i called some people and said they were down to do it and yeah they were so i decided like uh doing interviews over the over zoom and um we recorded that like starting early july and um it just came together really beautifully because now uh a lot of other people have reacted to that or dm'd me and said that like even as a part of the rollout of the single it was one of their favorite parts so i found that really comforting because I think people don't always talk about how they're feeling and the point of the yeah. podcast was that to talk about it I love that speaking of feelings yeah I have a, a like a question so like um WAP just came out you know Cardi B's new track <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and I just am like I don't know, mad or just like bugged that like she's getting like so much backlash her and Megan for like, you know, just embracing their womanhood and being mm -hmm. sexual and like owning that. Whereas like men have been doing it since the dawn beginning of time. of time. So it's like, how do you feel about like the backlash that they're receiving from 
Yeah, a lot of people talk about that record. I personally, I, I, I work out to it. I've danced yes. to it. I like get down to it. It's, I love this song it's personally. so good. Let me tell you something. I think people confuse a lot of things these days. A lot of people are saying, or oh, made fun of the Diane Warren tweet saying that like, I think she was kind of like jokingly saying that if she could ever write a song as good as WAP. I think a lot of people confuse a lot of what rap artists are doing as opposed to like what a traditional pop act had set out mm -hmm. to do. Like for instance, the song is a part of Cardi's overall brand, a part of the content strategy of rappers putting out more things that their fans can relate to. The track itself, I think for a man, for guys to talk about or to, or to try to criticize Cardi or Meg or whomever about their sexuality is sort of a cop out only because men will talk about it. How many songs does Lil Wayne talk about eating pussy? So yeah. the idea of them getting judged for talking about owning their own sexuality on a track that they're gonna get the publishing royalties from is, I know that's right. Yeah. <laughs> right, is sort of ridiculous. I don't think it yeah. should even warrant like, you know, people really like going into deep discussion about it. It's one track in Cardi's career. Cardi has several tracks. People, and she's allowed to say that. Yeah. It's her yeah. She, it's, mm -hmm. yeah. And she's married, so she's only talking about her man. Yeah. <laughs> and even if she yeah. isn't. Right. Yeah. Even if she isn't, who cares? Yeah. yeah. And, then, and then Meg was talking about how, like, people were saying how Meg and, like, how their bodies looked in the video and how, like, they were showing so much skin. Like, they how do I great. How do I, but like it, was like, it was like, how do I, or people, or this guy I saw on Twitter was complaining about like his daughter seeing that video. Sir, your oh, daughter, yeah, yeah sir, your daughter shouldn't be, I mean, why is your daughter on stand Twitter? Like, I just, <laughs> if that's the problem, then you she know, got no. YouTube kids. Yeah, YouTube kids. Right, YouTube kids. Exactly. YouTube. Listen YouTube to kids. kids pop version. You know, this idea that like every artist is supposed to be your daughter's or your son's role model, whereas I think there is a place for, for artists and people to be role models. It's certainly not an artist's job to edit their life and edit their creativity to be able for you to properly parent your kids. That those are not the same things, and it's also not 1952. We're not like, <laughs> trying to play to the suburbs, really. So I know. Do yeah. you mm -hmm. think, um, kind of going on to that question, do you think a lot of the critiques that came for that song? I was talking to you guys about this the other day. Was particularly because Cardi has been so vocal politically, and that she spoke out a lot against mm -hmm. what's going on um, with our current president. Mm -hmm. What's going on? Do you believe that? Because I saw a lot of people. Oh, in wow. that cabinet tweeting about it. And they were just like, how dare she? This country wasn't built on this. Do you believe that that had a lot to say with people complaining about her? Mm -hmm. If it did, that's ridiculous. But also <laughs> let's pay attention to who's really watching. Because right. these conservative white men are saying this about Cardi B. They are clicking the same video link we're clicking. Uh -huh. no. Because they like what they see. <laughs> Hello. By accident. Hello. Right. Yeah. Just like they got on Grinder by accident. Oh, okay. yeah, yeah, right. Ooh, yeah, 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 Lady G, we see you. <laughs> <laughs> Lady G. <laughs> But no, like I think that like Cardi B's criticism, she has run into some criticism from that from from conservatives, but that's all bullshit. I feel like Cardi B is allowed to express her political opinion like anybody else is. Like mm -hmm. this thing about artists or athletes staying in their own lane is kind of ridiculous. If okay. that girl with her following is whoever they might be can sway one or two or three votes depending on how she feels about any political issue, she has the right to do that. 
and yeah. talk about her pussy. Hello. Hello. <laughs> so, Davey, before we wrap things up, I want you to tell our listeners, like, what's next for you? What do you have in the pipeline? What's, what's coming up? What can we watch out for? Yeah. Yeah, so in the next couple of months, I'm dropping more tracks. I have a video project coming out. I have a live session video that I'm going to be dropping of a couple of songs, some that are like coming up, some that I already have uh, released. Um, that's coming soon. And then we're looking for a late fall or an early winter drop for like an EP project. Um, but I just want to okay. get all the visuals lined up for that. But yeah, I'm excited about that. And my first little merchandise collection which is uh, a thing that i've really wanted to do for a while so okay yes merch okay she's yeah. coming out of the gate strong i know i love yeah. to see it that's amazing so where where can our listeners follow you the best place to follow any artist these days is on Spotify, mostly because the algorithm on Spotify enjoys people's following growing there at a nice rate. So follow Davy Boy on Spotify, D-A-V-Y-B-O-I. Um, and also I am Davy Boy everywhere else online, Twitter, IG. I really don't like Facebook to me. It's like a dark hole, but it is. Also <laughs> yeah, I also have a profile there, but yeah, what I, like follow me in other places. Um, and coming soon, hopefully I'll be on TikTok once I just like figure it out and want to do one of those like videos where I change outfits really fast. Yeah, yeah. Those Once, transi- yeah. these kids now with these transition videos, I'm just like, right, I'm so old. And in the uh, way. Yeah, exactly. So old and in so the way. My yeah. knees creak every time they move. It my, took me, a, it took me a whole day to learn the Savage Dance, <laughs> and then he took it down. He did. <laughs> and I was like, this is garbage. No. <laughs> but you know, you no, had to actually go. They've made it super easy on the new IG competitor reels because now there's like oh. there's like an alignment feature where it like lets you align the video, which I think is incredible. Um, mm. so I'm, yeah, I'm playing around with that a little bit. Right. I was gonna say I'm waiting for somebody to make an entire horror mil- movie right. on Instagram reels. Let's do it. I know we got to do it. We're gonna do it. Nobody steal it. Okay. Hello. <laughs> We'll copyright it now. Um, yes, we'll, run to the office. Thank you, Davey, for joining us and having a cute little chat. Yeah. We really enjoyed having you. This Kiki was sure. mom. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> and when we're in LA, of course, we'll hit you up and vice versa, like in 2025 when we're all <laughs> Right, when we're right. all done with this. Yeah, once it's all over in 2026, yes. Yeah. Right. <laughs> when yes. we have a new president and a new Madam VP. Yes! Oh, I'm so excited about that. Yeah, yeah. Too. Uh, <laughs> all right, you take care of yourself and don't be a stranger. All right. Thank I will not do Thank you. Have you been wondering how Pride the Series created Pride the Podcast? Well, the T is out. We use Anchor, the podcasting app that believes everyone should be able to have their voice heard. With tools that are really easy to use like distribution and monetization elements, Anchor puts creators first. For more information, check out anchor.fm. That's anchor.fm.
Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back. Welcome back. And this segment we have with us Daniel Reynolds, senior editor of The Advocate magazine. <laughs> hello, <laughs> Mr. Daniel. How are you? Pride. Hi. <laughs> I love Thanks for hanging with us today. Uh -huh. Oh, thank you for letting me hang with you. It's my pleasure. <laughs> We're super appreciative. So where are you? You're not in New York, right? You're in LA, is that right? Yes, I am in West Hollywood. Everybody oh, yeah. is in LA. I what know. Are we, yeah. Like, what are we doing still? Are we the trash left of New York? No. No, yeah. no definitely not. <laughs> We're the heart of New York. Yeah. <laughs> so especially right, right now, I don't want to go into, you know, infection rates very much, but I'd much rather be in New York at this moment. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's true. That's why we're in New York. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> right. So you're we have in... all the TikTokers partying in the, in the hills. <laughs> I saw, okay, right. I saw exactly. that. We'll talk about that in a moment, because that's something I really want to get your opinion on. That's a hot topic for me. Well, I was just curious, Daniel, you're an East Coaster, um, originally from New Jersey. So when did you make the move to become the West Coaster? I'm asking for personal reasons, just because like I'm trying to figure out my life. Word. Oh, sure, yeah. Um, I can't believe it's been this long ago, but it was in 2012. Um, I went to Fordham in New York for graduate school in English, and I ended up getting an internship at The Advocate, where I uh, drove across the country, uh, started up here, and I haven't left since, so. Okay. That's kind of what we did, yeah, 10 years ago. Yeah, we ten just years. had our 10-year anniversary from um, moving to Texas to the big old city to chase our dreams, and we're still chasing, you know? <laughs> oh, yeah. I, we are I know that still chasing. Yeah, right? It's an uphill battle. It is an uphill battle. So do you regret anything? Do you think you're, like, where the good Lord split you? <laughs> well, I mean, they're so different, you know, those L.A. New York conversations. Um, I miss uh, the, my family because they're all in the New York, New Jersey area. So it's, mm -hmm. yeah. um, especially right now, it feels like, oh my gosh, there's this country separating us and, you know, I, you know, feel, I can feel the distance, but I love Los Angeles for its weather and for the entertainment industry and um, for all of just the amazing people I've met in this past almost decade. So, you know, I, I'm really happy here actually. Amazing. Good. So for the listeners out there that don't necessarily know, what are your topics that you typically cover for The Advocate? Sure. So my beat is pretty much entertainment um, in the LGBTQ space, naturally, but we're a very small team. Um, there's only about six of us in digital. So in a given day, I can be writing about politics or health or I mean anything under the sun, really. So uh, I, and I enjoy that too because it gives my day diversity and it um, exposes me just to a variety of issues that I never would have you know, even thought that I was interested in previously. And how do you feel about the recent announcement of Biden's VP pick? The hot topic. Hot topic. <laughs> oh, I was so excited and yeah. I realized that throughout this whole year in this campaign that I just been feeling fear mostly. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and you know, I was just afraid for Biden and afraid for the country. And um, I think Kamala injected a lot of enthusiasm into the news cycle. And just seeing like a lot of our readers are very excited. I know we have a lot of members of our team really love Kamala. Um, she has a very strong record of LGBTQ support um, as was Biden. So I think they're, they're a formidable team. And um, 
I'm, I'm excited for them and I'm excited for the United States going forward. Yeah, I, I think that there's mm -hmm. been so much disrespect, you know, from the current administration. And I see that you recently wrote an amazing article about uh, the Trump campaign lawyer misgendered Pennsylvania's trans health secretary. Can you talk about that a little bit for our listeners who might not have got a chance to check out the article and how you feel that Biden and Harris being on the ticket and hopefully winning can definitely change the narrative of our country? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So one of the leaders in um, the fight against uh, COVID-19 in the United States is Dr. Rachel Levine, who is the Secretary of Health in Pennsylvania, and she also happens to be a transgender woman. Um, she's been doing amazing work. You know, she's also just such a remarkable human being who's had such a distinguished career in health. And, you know, uh, this week we saw um, the top uh, lawyer in the Trump campaign, uh, misgender her in a tweet it was done so purposefully it was just it was it was just sickening to me and yet another example of how the trump administration has um, attacked the lgbtq community transgender people specifically it's not surprising but um i mean it is a just another reminder of what the stakes are this fall and why each and every one of us needs to vote you know it, it, not just politicians, but down people who just represent bigotry in their, I mean, everyday social media posts. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I definitely agree. I think that for me, to see so much hurt coming from that administration, the things that they say and do, especially like you said, to the LGBTQ community, the Black community, the Hispanic community, and it's like, when is enough going to be enough? When are we finally going to see that you know, I thought it would be enough when they made fun of a disabled person and that wasn't enough. I, yeah, when they said they would grab a woman by her genitals, that wasn't enough. And, you know, we still have that base behind them. So I agree with you. I hope that the change comes and I hope that people do get out there and vote and realize how important this is and realize that all lives are at stake at this point. If they want to go with the all mm -hmm. lives matters, well, at this point, all lives are at stake. So they should do something. <laughs> so, I mean... So I, I agree with Biden. I think we're fighting for the soul of this country. We are. And, um, it's, it's in policy, but it's also in performance. Um, when you have people at the top who are modeling racist, anti-LGBTQ behavior, yeah. um, mm -hmm. there's other people licensed to do it, and we've seen people lose their lives as a result. So, um, yeah. yeah. So, so a lot of people, <laughs> yeah. right. so a lot of people are saying with the Trump administration that we've been set back. 50 or plus years in America. If Biden and Harris do get elected, what are some of those things that they're going to have to course correct from the Trump administration? And just to make sure that we get back on track and have to make mm -hmm. up those lost 50 years. Well, where do we begin? Right. <laughs> What's amazing about Biden is he has a comprehensive LGBTQ plan already in place. So um, I don't have exactly all the um, uh, stats and bullet points in front of me, but I know that things like rolling back, you know, the ban on transgender members of the military, mm -hmm. um, rolling back these license to discriminate laws, you know, that are pervading federal contractors now. Um, restoring health care to our transgender brothers and sisters, uh, fighting for the Equality Act. These are all things that are on the forefront of the Biden-Harris um, ticket. So um, I'm excited 
for the possibility of an administration who prioritizes those issues um, instead of the polar opposite. So I think that's really, uh, those are the broad brushstrokes, but just the beginning of the, uh, the, 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 the healing that can be done and the potential progress that can be made in the years ahead. Yeah. Well, I, I think also for our, our souls, you know, I think that so yeah. many LGBTQ people have been under so much um, stress uh, throughout the past four years, fearing for their lives, fearing for their futures. And um, I think that hope is something that will um, be given back to them, you know, as a result of, mm -hmm. of, the, of the outcome of this election. Well, for Absolutely. me personally, I'm just tired of living in a shell. I mean, my whole life I've been this turtle being scared to like come out of my shell and then Obama gets elected and I'm, I, can, I can stick my head out a little bit mm -hmm. and I can feel like I'm human to be married to the person I love. But then Trump gets elected again so my head goes back a little bit. My, my, again, my whole life has been this in and out scenario. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. So do you, Daniel, think that that will ever end for a person of LGBTQ or will we always be these sad little tortoises just <laughs> wondering can we like de-shell if you will yeah that's you know i think it's it's an interesting question because i think that there will always be places in our lifetime sadly where it won't be safe right mm -hmm. to be yeah. an lgbtq person a person of color i think that stigma is something that um, we're gonna have to fight our whole lives mm -hmm. but what i noticed with the election was um, you know, I, I had friends, people of color, especially who were afraid to travel, you know, um, the people who were queer, uh, expressed fears about holding hands in places that they thought previously that it had been safe. And so, um, really the future is about restoring that trust, right? Mm -hmm. That not always looking over that shoulder, not withdrawing into the shell because being out and proud, as we know from our movement is one of the um one of the key parts of why we've been successful um we don't enact progress by by hiding by staying in our show we we do it by using our voice by using our visibility um and by by being as as, as queer and and amazing as as you know as we are and have always been so exactly uh, yeah. that's why i liked this year's pride yeah. a lot more because it was like mm -hmm. a reminder of like mm -hmm. this is what it you know, we have to do. It's not all just about the parties and stuff like that. Right. right. That's why things like yeah. uh, Outfest are so important. So mm -hmm. we know that they announced that they're doing virtual, which is amazing that we can still keep it alive. So um, how do you feel about how important it is that like things like Outfest continue on regardless of the pandemic? Oh, amazing. And, you know, Outfest was actually one of the first things I did when I arrived in Los Angeles in 2012 was I went to opening night of, of the Outfest Film Festival. That's awesome. And I, the, the Vito documentary was screening, which was about the life of Vito Russo, who was um, gay rights activist. And he wrote The Celluloid Closet, you know, which was all about decoding all of the, um, the queerness that had existed throughout film history. And immediately I fell in love and I recognized the importance of um, queer film and this community of people who were brought together to celebrate films like this and to fight for our representation. So um, I was really worried about Outfest actually. I was, I kept checking my email, <laughs> I'm like, okay, like what's gonna happen? Like, are they, are they gonna have, you know, have a, an event this year? So to see it happen virtually is 
amazing. And I think it's a, it's a model for other film festivals, I think, moving forward. And I especially love the driving component too. So uh, people who are in Los Angeles uh, can go to Malibu. Apparently they've set up a site there where you can drive your car in and uh, see uh, for two weekends, some of these films on a screen, which uh, I'm looking forward to because I've never actually done a drive-in movie and I, I, I um... <laughs> <laughs> so fun. Yeah. Speaking of 50 years back, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> now we're doing the drive-ins again. But, so <laughs> what I'm seeing a lot is like the drag and drive-ins yeah. is a big thing nowadays. And that's how like a lot of drag queens, especially like the famous Rue girls are uh, making that coin. Mm -hmm. It's like, we got, we got to figure something out. Right. So, like, you can't just stand still. Well, yeah. people are finding different ways to create content, uh, which yeah. is kind of what we were talking about in the beginning about uh, TikTok. And TikTok was definitely created as a space for people to create content to really put themselves out there. As you saw, our current um, president wants to eliminate TikTok. I guess he feels like they're making fun of him. I don't know. But, um, well, there's a caveat to that. Yeah. But I'll let Daniel, I'm sure. Yeah. But, uh, well, there, yes. And I, I, yeah, I'm aware of that one. But I, do you think, and you were talking about the parties that they're having right now in the Hollywood Hills, is this, I mean, I, I've been following this for a while and I'm just perplexed how TikTok is funding these kids to do this like what What do you think about all this and how they're still partying and i mean there's so, i saw a house the other day that had over 200 people in it and oh. on on social media and TikTok was basically saying we endorse this like this is fine they're ordering all the food and the booze and i'm just like what is what is the end goal what are your thoughts on all of that well first of all i want to thank tyler oakley because he called out a lot of the people that were partying Mm -hmm. so, yeah, um, and giving them some some much deserved shame for creating situations where people could get sick. So, uh, thank you, Tyler, for doing that. You know, um, the issue there is that in order for these platforms to thrive, they need content, right? And so, if there's no parties and there's no social interaction, then all of a sudden you don't have any content. And for a lot of these kids, you know, they're maybe 18 years old or younger, right? And they've moved their whole lives they're now these rising social media stars and they have a momentum behind them. And if you lose that momentum, then you might lose potentially a career um, yeah. or a mm -hmm. lot of money. So, you know, especially when you're that young, uh, first of all, you're, you know, developmentally, your brain isn't all there. Right. <laughs> so you're <laughs> not always, you know, behaving the most rationally, but also um, social media itself, the algorithms that are present, right, and all of these different platforms, they reward activity that isn't always beneficial to us in the real world, as we've seen, you know, with certain elections. So um, I'm not surprised that this is happening, but LA is kind of the gathering place for influencers, um, for TikTokers, for YouTubers. So, you know, I'm, I am, I'm scared for them and I'm scared for our community because as you know, Los Angeles is, is still a hotspot in this country for the mm -hmm. It's very, so. it's very upsetting, you know, with the TikTok thing a couple of months ago, they, their nudes released. And what I thought was so, was so interesting about that is it was definitely something that the kids themselves kind of did themselves. They put themselves out there, but I'm like, you guys are children and you're putting nudes out there that may have been taken when you were 16, 15 years old, which is child pornography. And you're putting it out there on the internet and it's, it's very dangerous. And I think that it definitely speaks to how social media has, as you said, some of these kids, it's like if they don't have that, their whole career could go away. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's very interesting how TikTok is kind of promoting that. They released a statement when the nudes came out and they're like, oh, you know, sorry about, you know, kind of thing. And it, was, it, it seemed such a ploy. 
and I don't get Absolutely. it. Absolutely. Yeah. Daniel, yeah. how do you feel about the current conversations that Microsoft is having with mm-hmm. TikTok and um, with their hopes of purchasing the platform? Do you think that is a Trump tactic in order to control the social platform because he has a relationship with the Microsoft mm-hmm. CEO? Is, does that does that raise flags for you or what are your thoughts? I mean, anything the Trump administration does raises flags for me, first of all. If Trump is endorsing it, then I'm like, okay, then I don't know. This is <laughs> yeah, I mean, he, I can only theorize, right? I don't know, I don't know anything, you know, in depth or, you know, um, confidential about these talks. But, you know, I, I know that Trump is a very nationalistic view. And I think that, you know, we saw it with Grindr as well. You know, there was a forced sale of Grindr from a Chinese company to American investors. And so trying to um, keep American, you know, uh, social media American just seems counterintuitive to what the internet is. Um, you know, this community is international and uh, so much of the innovation and um, genius that happens is because we have this exchange between different countries. And it's actually a way that, you know, the United States can uh, model LGBTQ equality for the world, right? So, um, you know, uh, in terms of the Microsoft deal, you know, as, as long as people get to keep expressing themselves, but, you know, definitely right. still suspicious. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So Ashley brought up Outfest a little bit ago. Are you looking forward to um, anything that's going to be unique? Obviously, it's going to be virtual, but is there anything that you are like just so excited to hear, see, touch, smell? (laughs) Oh my god! I mean, I mean, I I I love like so much about this, but there there were a few that caught my eye, and I haven't seen them yet, but I've definitely tagged them. Um, the first would be the opening night film, which is the Nowhere Inn, and um, that's starring Annie Clark, who's St. Vincent, and also Carrie Brownstein. So, uh, you know, those are two artists I really love, and I don't know anything else about it, but I'm just excited to see St. Vincent and Carrie Brownstein <laughs> together in a movie. Yeah. Um, there's a few other interesting projects, too. Um, the other is the closing night film, which is called Two Eyes. And that's basically a series of short stories in the American West um, about different LGBTQ people living there. So this is kind of a territory we haven't seen explored before. And, um, you know, Kate Bornstein, who's like a pioneering trans author and activist is is in it. So uh, really excited to see that. Um, In terms of comedy, there is uh, a movie called Shiva Baby and it's about um, the relationship of a Jewish sex worker and her mother. Oh, and okay, that sounds interesting. It. Yeah, and it's from like, a, I think it's like a first-time filmmaker, but um, it just sounds something like I haven't seen before. And yeah, yeah it does. I'm engaged. <laughs> right, already, just I'm that intrigued. one sentence. I'm like, okay. <laughs> yeah, right, like sold. And um, then the, the last one I'm looking at is uh, Monsoon which is uh, it's a, it's a, a film about uh, basically being a, it's a, it's a, a British Vietnamese man who goes back to Viet, his birth country for the first time as he's a refugee. Um, and it's a, it's a queer story and it's also starring um, Henry Golding, who of course was oh. the, uh, the star of Crazy Rich Asians. So mm-hmm. I'm excited to see him in a role like that and tackle that on. And um, it's also from the director of, of Lilting, which was also uh, an amazing film that came out a few years ago. So. Those are some of my, my top highlights. 
That's so exciting. Hey, well, we can't wait to watch. Yeah, all those all sounds interesting. Maybe. <laughs> yeah, and if whenever you watch them, if you want to give us the like inside scoop, the hot goss, <laughs> mm-hmm. let us know. <laughs> oh yeah, I'm just so excited just to like watch films for like two weeks and you know talk to some of these great filmmakers and you know it really is one of the highlights of my year. So yeah, it, it puts you back into like makes things feel like it's normal again because with everything going mm-hmm. on right now in the world i think it's like we're all looking for some sense of normalcy and i think that that does it and that's amazing that you're doing that oh yeah and escape i mean movies bring us out of the place we're in right yeah. so you know i might be just sitting in my living room again but you know i'm getting to go to you know different countries and seeing different people and you know stepping outside of myself so. Yeah, well, while you're stepping outside of yourself, why not check out Pride the Series on Amazon? You might as well check us out. <laughs> oh, I definitely want to now. I mean, yes. yeah, so fantastic. And yeah. Uh, Daniel, tell our listeners where they can find you on social. Oh, sure. Yeah. So you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram. It's uh, my handle is at D N L Reynolds, R E Y N O L D S. And same on both. Perfect. Yay. Well, thank and you. And of course, uh, you can also go to advocate.com and see. Right. I was like, right. check you out on the advocate. <laughs> <laughs> Just scroll through those articles. Right. <laughs> so, Daniel, thank you so much for always bringing us the hot uh, entertainment news for the LGBT community yeah. and representing us so well. We appreciate you taking time to talk to us today. This has been amazing. Oh, my God. This has been honestly the highlight of my day. Thank you all. Oh, oh, yay. Thank you. And shout out to the advocate yes. for being an advocate. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> He's coming up with these. I love it. Thank you, Daniel. Thank Be you, Daniel. safe. Bye, thank Daniel. You. Thank you. Bye. Bye. What a great Bye. combo with both yes. of them, Davy Boy and Daniel Reynolds. Yes. I especially, obviously because I like drink the water of politics all day long, I wake <laughs> up to CNN and I go to bed <sighs> at CNN. So I was, um, I really liked their input with the recent news of Kamala being nominated mm-hmm. as Joe Biden's um, VP. And something I was going to say to that, I should have brought it up earlier, is I've never been so proud to be a Democrat because I feel with at least the most recent tickets that have been um, presented in the recent presidential campaigns, they've all been progressive, right? With Obama, the first black man president, with Hillary, the first Mm -hmm. potential woman president, with the Biden campaign, the first black... potential black uh, vice president nominee like that's what to me is what politicians should be is progressive and making pushing that pushing the boundaries and making Mm -hmm. america a better place but then you look at it on the flip side republicans have been white 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 someone hit him yeah so that's so gonna I, be a ringtone. Yeah, just white, white, white. So I think it's really cool that, especially in today's time, to be a Democrat and to say, look how we, our party, is trying to change the country for better mm-hmm. and yeah, the country to like represent that, the people. Who? Well, that's those people who don't want the, change. Republicans, exactly. like yeah, who yeah. want, who like got out and voted last year. Mm-hmm. I mean, to be fair, um, up until Obama, 
Democrats didn't see it either. So I think that yeah. a change has taken mm-hmm. place, you know, even with the Democrats who... That's not necessarily true because Charlie Chisholm... I saw something course. on Twitter that said, great, we have a ex-cop and a conservative Republican as our Democratic nominees. But I was like... Anything mm, yeah. is better than the idiot. It, yeah. It's just sure. like, yeah. neither one of them are perfect. Listen, no, we I'll all know that. They all you. have their issues that it's like... A little, mm, am, that's a little, mm-mm. I am not, <laughs> I am not as supercharged and passionate as I was in 2016 for this election, but. I'm a little like, def, not defeated, but I'm tired. Deflated. Deflated, you know, I've drained. So mm-hmm. it's just like, I want to be excited and I mean, I'm going to do my part, but it's just like. I don't know, man. There's just so much going on, and I'm trying to hold on to the piece of hope that I have, but... I feel like Biden and Harris is the only way to get back to that hope that we had, maybe, I don't know, 15 I years ago. I hope Hopefully. so. I really, really, really do, but I just kind of feel like America has spoken for the majority. I mean, it's split half, but it's just like, we're racist. <laughs> Mo people are racist and sexist and they don't care about people's well-being being and their human rights. I just, like, I hope They side with Trump. They I think do. that was spoken for with the Electoral College. Yes. Which I, which was not the majority of Americans. No. So I, that's what I'm leaning yeah. into is the hope of maybe America isn't I mean, listen, we're 200 years old, which is like baby years in terms of the other countries that have been developed. So I'm leaning into maybe there still is hope that we aren't all sinners. Well, I'm <laughs> going I, to hell. So one thing that I think for our listeners out there, you should definitely go list, uh, watch um, the Blackish episode that was on mm. Hulu uh, that was supposed to come out right after the election, but due to some controversy and how it rightly called what was going on with the storms, with our current president, uh, what he was doing with the Tiki Torchy people that were running around. He, um, they, they had the episode pulled and they didn't let it air. So mm. it aired. I watched it last night. It is a beautiful piece of cinema in my eyes that you should definitely go watch um, to just kind of see why people, (laughs) like people that you, if you're listening out there and you're leaning a little bit more right and why you said that there's snowflakes, you can see why people were crying the night of 2016 when there was an election. Mm -hmm. You will understand now the fear that people of color, women, uh, people are LGBTQ um, feel right now in this country. And I think going and looking at something like that and taking away that it's a Hollywood piece, whatever, but just look at people who are a little confused about what's happening and how hurt they are. Mm -hmm. And remember to vote. (laughs) Speaking of voting, yeah. Uh, Thanks everybody, all our listeners and fans out there who voted for us. We've made the final slate for the podcast awards, the People Choice Podcast Awards. (laughs) (laughs) Well, which has now caused us to get a budget for sound effects. Yes. Yes. No, that's amazing. So what does that mean, Adam? Pray tell. (laughs) Pray tell. Well, that means 5,500 listeners and podcasters were sent instructions on how to vote for our shows over the next 30 days. 
Um, so hopefully, if you're listening, you get an email and you can vote for us. Yeah. Um, in short, that means we are on the ballot now to mm-hmm. be chosen as a winner, um, specifically for our categories. We thank you all out there. Also, special shout out mm-hmm. to Kitchen Island Tea. Yes. Um, who also they also made on the ballot. Yeah. Sorry. No special effects. Oh my god. No. Wait. Here we go. All right. Go ahead. All right. So we're very excited for everyone out there. Please, there's some amazing podcasts on the list. Go out, give them a chance, look it up, go to the Podcast Awards. You can see all the people that are on the slate, which is another word for nominated at this point. So, But mostly just pay attention to Pride the Series, Pride the Podcast, and Kitchen Island Tea. Yeah, that would be great. <laughs> and that's the tea. <laughs> and that's the tea. <laughs> Um, yeah, I think it's great. Like, we, it's really cool. Like, people are listening. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks, y'all. Thank y'all you. like you. us? Wow. You really wow. like us. I'm so honored. continue to listen. And also, we want to hear what you think of the podcast. If you have any questions, comments, concerns of any of the topics that we've discussed, the guests that we've interviewed, please feel free to reach out to us at pridetheseries at gmail. Or you can even reach out to our Twitter handle or our Instagram handle Slide as in well. our DMs. Please. Please do. <laughs> we sounded so desperate. Please. Slide in. DMs are dry. And on that note. Where can they find you, Mr. Braden Bradley? They can find me at Mr. Braden Bradley on Twitter and Instagram. You can find me at I am Darrell Anthony on Instagram and Darrell Anthony on Twitter. You can find me, Ashley Aaron M, on Instagram and Twitter. And it's your boy, Box Wine Poppy. Cut, cut, cut. No. <laughs> on Instagram, Twitter. Uh, my Twitter is X rated. So bye, 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 bye. Just letting bye, you know bye, bye. it's not safe for work, if, even if you're working at home. <laughs> <laughs> right, because you don't want your roommates to see no trash, because uh-huh. it's bad. Braden was reported to HR of his house. <laughs> he really was. You were. Fred was in trouble. He was in the office. They say, sir. I can't even comment to that because I'm still having... In trouble. I'm still having... <laughs> no, just like PTSD from that moment. Anyway, what a great episode. It was great to chat with you Thank guys. Thank you guys for tuning in. Tune in next week with Pride the Podcast. Pew! Woo-hoo. <laughs>